Where do you go? The address. 66 Harborview Road. Hello, hello, and welcome to 66 Harborview Road, a podcast dedicated to ABC's General Hospital. I'm your host, Caitlin, and in today's episode, we are covering the week of August 22nd to the 26th. This week was interesting. We had an event that everyone was at, just not entirely at the same time. But hey, this is progress for GH as of late. It's been a while since we've had a big cast gathering to an event. But before the picnic, we had Willow at the hospital where she runs into TJ. TJ urges her to tell Michael what's going on, and she goes into her appointment with Britt and Terry and is convinced that waiting to start treatment is a good idea. She's kind of using the pregnancy as the excuse to delay. I don't know. I think this is going to lead us down a bad path here. Michael could end up angry at Willow, or worse, like I was saying last week, her or the baby or both could die. And even though doctors are telling Willow that delaying treatment could cause just as much harm, it seems like she wants to carry this baby to term no matter the cost, even if she loses the baby. I don't really understand. I mean, I I do understand. Willow is very confused. She's going through the most terrible illness a human can endeavor. She's not thinking straight. The only thing that she kept saying over and over was that she doesn't want to ruin what little good time is left. I'm sorry, Willow, but there is no good time anymore. You have cancer. Good time is over. It's time to get serious right now. The sooner you start treatment, the better. Now, by history standards on GH, all of Michael's girlfriends die, Sasha being the only exception. So we're going to have to watch this play out. And what other branches this storyline brought up was Spencer showing up to Britt's office in GH to properly apologize and tell her everything that happened with Esme and Trina. Britt forgives him, and I'm glad they made nice in time for Spencer going to Pentonville. Obviously, every character on this show is flawed, except Trina. (laughs) But in all, these characters go through ups and downs, and as far as 2022 adults to have influence on Spencer's life... I think Britt is okay right now. I'm glad that she's going to be in his life and she'll probably visit him at Pentonville and all of that. Cut to the hallway of GH and TJ and Jordan meet up to make plans for lunch and Marshall walks up. Now I was nervous for these scenes but by the end of this conversation I was almost in tears man. Like Marshall's blaming himself for Tommy's death because he thinks Tommy may have inherited schizophrenia. So he asks Jordan if there were any signs or symptoms before his death and Jordan can't think of anything. But like I'm just thinking oh my god this is wild that Jordan is having this conversation with Marshall. Like she's no longer married to Curtis. Tommy was not TJ's biological dad, as it turned out. I mean, especially for what Jordan overhears later. This girl, she's holding secrets. From here, Marshall meets Curtis and Portia at the Metro Court pool. We had a brief conversation about schizophrenia and children until he leaves, and Curtis does this fake-out dive into the pool because he saw something. And when he comes up... TJ is walking in. He gets out his phone. Very quick thinking. Curtis proposes and Portia says yes. It was a happy moment, but it also made me a little mad. Like, you're going to say yes to this man knowing you're keeping his own child from him and have been for 20 years? And not only is she lying about it now, Curtis has asked her twice. 
once 20 years ago and once again when he ran into Portia in Port Charles. And she's been saying Trina is Marcus Taggart's child both times. So once this comes out, I don't think the two of them are staying together. On top of this, Jordan and Curtis are still married. And the poor woman walked into the pool right after the proposal. She offers her congratulations. And this is when, shortly after the congrats, Jordan overhears Portia making a phone call with the genetic testing doctor for Trina. And she hears her say, it's for my daughter. I'm not a factor. Like, very obvious, very blatant. So it is confirmed to Jordan that Trina is Curtis's daughter. I know this is a very soapy thing, but there's something about it involving Curtis. I mean, we've known Curtis for 10 years, just about, and he loves Portia. So this is going to tear him apart. On top of that, we have Selena Wu back, breathing down his neck, and now Trina will become a target. Jordan gets approached by Spencer while at the pool, and she's so shook about what she hears that Spencer has to go and get her some water so she can calm down. Jordan also runs into Anna at the pool. Made me miss their friendship a little bit, although there was some weirdness between the two of them and Andre Maddox, because I think both of them dated him. Or like, Anna didn't date him, but she almost did. I I don't know. (laughs) But when Portia comes back to the girls, Jordan goes on and on about how Curtis values transparency, and Portia's acting like she has no idea what Jordan's talking about. It was almost comical. (laughs) So Anna, she's catching on to Jordan's not-so-cryptic messages, and they have a talk about revealing secrets. Anna says the reason for reveal is the most important, which I thought was interesting. I don't know how to think. I mean, once the cat is out of the bag, it's hard to wrangle back in. So Jordan has to bear this secret too. And she still loves Curtis. Just saying. So at the start of the week, Spencer and Ava were in Kelly's discussing Trina and how Spencer was faking his relationship with Esme. Ava wants Spencer to tell Trina the truth and they argue about it. It escalates to Ava almost telling Spencer about Nick and Esme. But Nicky boy walks in and stops it. Spencer leaves and Nicholas tells Ava the only chance they have at keeping Esme's fall off the parapet a secret is by staying married and playing pretend that they're happy. Ava reluctantly agrees to this because at the end of the day, if they're divorced, they can testify against each other. But what's worse, the crime or the cover-up? If Ava didn't have such a colorful criminal past, she could have wormed her way out of this. Oh well. And this is when Spencer goes to the pool and saw Jordan. He also took the opportunity to tell Portia, like, half the truth. Just sans the, I love your daughter. (laughs) Either way, Portia said, listen, dude, my daughter's moved on. Please leave her alone. I mean, Spencer has done some messed up things, but you still feel for him. He goes to lie down on a beach chair, and we cut to Trina and Rory at Kelly's being cutesy, and then they venture off to the pool where they see Spencer. Spencer kind of bows out of conversation, and that gives Portia time to tell Trina her and Curtis are engaged. Very good mother-daughter moment, but Trina is still thinking of Spencer. So she goes to talk to him, then Rory joins, telling him he'll try to help his time in Pentonville by telling his friends that work there to keep an eye out and to get him the uh, library duty. Spencer does thank him, and you can feel the love triangle getting stronger. (laughs) 
Curtis has to leave the pool scene to catch up with Miss Wu, and she makes it very clear. I'm not asking questions. I'm telling you what's happening and giving you time to prepare. So now we got shipments coming through the Savoy. I sense we're going to get a lot of action there in the coming months. And lastly, at the pool, prior to the Quartermaid picnic, Nina, Liesel, and Scott, uh, they're all hanging out, catching up when a worker comes in with an emergency for Nina. And Liesel tells Nina to take this as an opportunity to be the hero and force people to see her in a new light. I mean, in all honesty, it's not the worst advice. Uh, Nina does not try to get along with people, so this would work for her. She's nice for all of two seconds, and then as soon as someone gets sassy with her, she just throws her hands up like, okay, I guess the world hates me, please. So this is when Liesel and Scott decide that they're going to attend the Quartermain picnic, and Nina is going to take care of this mishap at the hotel. All right, so this picnic... I liked that we had a lot of intermingling between cast members, and there were a couple extras in there, and that's appreciated. We saw a lot of Leo, and he was excellent, and I also like his chemistry with everyone who came through the Quartermain kitchen. So we get a snippet of Dex and Michael. They go to the boathouse, discuss the next steps, and how Michael basically handpicked Dex because of his past, knowing Sonny would appreciate those qualities. I don't know, man. I I don't think this plan's gonna work. I also think it's going to ruin Michael and not Sonny. Michael's forgetting that Sonny deals with killers and criminals of the worst degree. Rebels with no causes. And what does Michael deal with? Aurora and board meetings? Meanwhile, his brother Dante is talking to BLQ about her scam against Link and if Chase is gonna get hurt in this process. We also had more talk of Dante and Sam. I'm overhearing him whine about it, honestly. (laughs) Like, just go talk to Sam. And this is when Olivia tells Leo about the Sicilian Thunderbolt. And of course, Leo makes it. Who wouldn't at a kid his age? I mean, that's all I wanted to do at his age was make lotions and potions. I thought it was the cutest thing ever. And I love how they got, the drinks got mixed up. No one knows who drank what. I I just thought that was the cutest little thing. So Willow comes home from GH and she was actually going to tell Michael what was going on. But then Sunny shows up. And yo, when Michael (laughs) slammed that door in Sunny's face, my mouth just gaped open. I was in shock. Sunny comes inside and says, do that again and it will be the last time. And the look on Michael's face, like, oh, man, I went too far. (laughs) But at the same time, he's still so mad. So Willow decides not to tell Michael about her leukemia and instead just babies him so he calms down and gets along with Sonny for the day. So when Sonny is outside, Dex walks up to him and Sonny just yells at him (laughs) real good. I love it. But Dex still has a job, so this is going to continue. After this, Nick and Ava show up to the party and immediately start arguing. They spend most of the picnic apart, and Sunny talks with Ava in the quartermain den about Esme. And then Nicholas bursts in the room and starts getting fresh with Sunny. Like, it's so juvenile. Nicholas was a teenager when he met Sunny, so it's just weird to see him get in his face. <laughs> And honestly, when Sunny said, take your best shot, we all know when it comes to an actual brawl, Sunny would win. He's like from the streets of Brooklyn and Nicholas was raised being royal. It's different. 
So Sonny buzzes through the Q kitchen when he hears Olivia freaking out about these frozen desserts. They were delivered to the hotel instead of 66 Harborview Road, so she asks Sonny to help. She's frantic. Sonny does offer, but Olivia's saying that they're frozen and it won't be quick enough. She has to get them now, now, now. Uh, that was the big emergency at the hotel that Nina was handling. So Nina arrives with the desserts in her car and Olivia thanks her. We got some Ned, Leo, and Olivia time when they discussed the Sicilian Thunderbolt and who might have drank it. <laughs> It's just really funny. Um, and they have a big family hug. I thought it was super cute. It, it's good to give Leo history. And we did get to see Leo's siblings, Sam and Dante, talk about their living situation. Sam's crying, thinking she's not as good as Lulu. I, I don't know. I didn't really understand that. Sam has known Lulu since the early 2000s. And Lulu's not perfect. I do miss her, but she was not perfect. So I think it's super weird um, that she would compare herself to her. I also think it's weird that they're going to live in the penthouse. Why would you sell a house with a yard to move into a penthouse? From what I remember, it's only three bedrooms, so the boys will have to share a room. And when Charlotte ever comes back and she'll visit, she'll stay in Scout's room. I mean, whatever. I guess we'll see how this goes. I like the set, so I'm glad that they're using the set. Um, I really miss Sonny's penthouse, that then they put him in Stone's apartment and tried to pass that off as the penthouse. At least, like, if you moved Sam in with Dante, you could have given Sonny back that penthouse set, flipped it the other way, and Sonny could be doing business in there like the old days. So at the picnic, we get a three-legged race with Carly and Drew on one team and Brooklyn and Chase on the other team. After the race, which Carly and Drew won, Carly and BLQ go inside the stable house and discuss their possible romantic flings. This leads to a lot of kissing um, <laughs> between uh, Dante and Sam, Brooklyn and Chase, and at the grill, Drew heavily flirts with Carly. They talk about what it would be to be together at nauseum, and they finally kiss. They almost did a little more than kissing in the boathouse, but the grill caught fire, and Carly used that as a possible, like, omen not to pursue things any further. I mean, hey, at least they put it all out on the table. Even the things the audience has been saying, like, you're Sam's ex and Jason's brother. <laughs> but we know Carly. Those flames will be burning, and her and Drew will get together. Some flames that I guess died. Uh, I am not clear on Monica and Yuri's relationship. Are they together or not? I, I guess not. Uh, he is feeling Terry and she is living for it and I love it. So much so that they go from the picnic to the Metro Court pool and Yuri dives in the pool to get Terry's necklace. It's so adorable. I, I just love this. I really hope we see more of their story going forward. We don't know too much about Terry for as long as she's been in Port Charles anyway. And for the wild parts of the picnic, Malcolm Scorpio. Did you know that you had a son this whole time and never said anything? The way Mac was looking at Cody, like it just seems so obvious. Cody, meanwhile, is trying to get information on Britt's brother, Peter. I don't understand what the obsession is with the phase online of the family and Cody. Like, why, why does he care so much? He's, he's probably hoping there's money somewhere that maybe Leopold had. Maybe he can get his hands on it. 
I mean, what's he going to do when Britt leaves town to be a regular on Station 19 and he finds out his real dad is Mac and his new relatives are Robert, Robin, Emma, and Noah II? <laughs> like, just regular old folks, you know? <laughs> I just don't love this. Does Mac need a son after 30 years on the show? Does he need Cody as his son? I mean, if anything, give Mac a blood grandchild. That'd be great. Extend that lineage. From here, I'll jump to Austin and Maxie. This Mason dude is showing up everywhere. Austin giving him the stink eye. Maxie, super suspicious. Maxie walks away. Uh, Austin, like, is choking this Mason guy or pressing his arteries or veins on his head. And then Mason grabs a knife. And of all people, Ava sees this whole exchange. And she makes it known. I don't know why she makes it known. <laughs> I mean, if it was Franco, I could understand. Her and Franco were like best friends. But this is Austin. How much of a connection does Ava and Austin have besides, I think she was like heavily flirting with him and he was not having it. But hey, it got Ava stabbed and now we have a classic whodunit on our hands. That's exciting. We all know Ava will be okay, but who will find the killer? Was it Mason? Or was it Victor after seeing Nicholas and Spencer fighting, asking what happened, and Nicholas saying Ava happened? Why were the Cassadine men fighting, you ask? Well, before the fight, Nicholas was consoling Spencer about Trina and about Pentonville, showing real love as father and son. Excellent scenes. And as soon as Spencer gets it together to be around people, he sees Nicholas trying to convince Ava to stay with him and be in love. So she screams in his face, him sleeping with Esme ruined them. Spencer heard the whole thing. I mean, if you were not crying during these scenes, you're just not human, okay? Nicholas Chavez delivered here. It was fantastic. Spencer wants to be done, and man, he's right. Nicholas doesn't think of him, at least not as an adult. I think Nicholas still looks at Spencer like he's 12. He has all sorts of issues right now. I'm not going to get into that. But here we have Castadine father and son fighting. We have Castadine uncle Victor desperately trying to hold the family together. He has a talk with Ava about how the two of them could be friends or enemies. Basically forgive Nicholas and you'll be okay. But now he's seeing Ava as a threat. Victor even tried to give Spencer perspective on Nicholas. Like, this man is seriously trying to make his family forgive each other and work together for his evil doings. A family of villains, if you will. <laughs> Maybe a nod to Valentine's other show on Disney. But when Victor goes to Valentine and throws Charlotte in his face to help, Valentine does not take kindly to this. Lucy sees this exchange of all people, good old Lucy Coe. And she tells Anna that Val and Victor are arguing. So Anna will probably put together that Valentine may be getting along with Victor under duress and leave him alone or maybe help him. I don't know. I'm not sure. What I do know is the scene where Anna is throwing beanbags at Valentine's head was the greatest. Such satisfaction for women everywhere who have had men lie to them. <laughs> then we find out that Victor is playing Lipsy. The twists and turns with the Cassadines is basically why I watch the show. <laughs> well, that and Kevin Collins, of course. 
And for Miss Elizabeth Imogene Weber, I believe she was trying to distract Finn with kisses and such to get him to leave her alone about her headspace. However, his phone rings and it's Sarah. I'm glad it's Sarah. I thought it was Elizabeth's mother. I thought I read online that it was Elizabeth's mother. So anyway, glad it's Sarah. <laughs> Let's get her on the show. They argue about it. Uh, Finn tells her, hey man, I was an addict. I know when someone is in denial. And Liz admits that she does have stuff to deal with. I mean, these were pretty great scenes, but again, we're not getting enough. This is the most that I've seen Liz in weeks. And now she's running away from the scene, bleeding and confused. So we have some classic soap stories wrapped up in modern ways to display it. And I'm glad in the age of technology, someone can still get stabbed with a sickle or a fishing hook, whatever that was. <laughs> to me, GH is revving up to some great stuff, and I'm excited to watch. I want to know what's going on with Liz. If Mac is going to have a storyline, I'm happy to see it. And Trina navigating her life now that she's free is something I'm really looking forward to. I'll be watching it all from 66 Harborview Road. You can follow me on Twitter at 66 underscore view, TikTok at 66 underscore Harborview Road, and Instagram at 66 Harborview Road. From the Quartermain Foyer, I bid you a great week.